you are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. You know, I looked up that today is the 111th day, uh, year that we've celebrated Mother's Day. Did you know that? Mother's Day was first celebrated in 1908. It was uh, started by a woman called Anna Jarvis, and she wanted to hold a memorial for her mother at St. Andrew's Methodist Church in Grafton, West Virginia, y'all. And her campaign started in 1905, so that was 1908. 1905, when her mother... Anne Reeves Jarvis, so she's Anna, Anne Reeves Jarvis died. Anne Jarvis had been a peace activist who cared for wounded soldiers on both sides of the American Civil War. So that's quite interesting. And she wanted a way to, and her mom wanted to address public health issues. So Anna Jarvis wanted to honor her mother by continuing the work she started and to set aside a day to honor all mothers because she believed a mother is, quote unquote, the person who has done more for you than anyone in the world. Isn't that true? Yeah. Well, this morning we do uh, honor all moms. And, uh, you know, for those who might be podcasting, if you're a single dad, you got Father's Day coming up, even though sometimes we serve multiple roles. I see moms, single moms do that. They have to be the corrector. They also have to be the instructor, not just the nurturer. It's a big job. But I also see fathers, single dads have to be the nurturer as well. They have to be the one that cares. And I understand that as well. But today I also want to honor specifically moms. But this message isn't just for mothers, by the way. It's going to be for everyone. But I do want to target and honor the mothers this morning. Today marks the first day I celebrate Mother's Day without my birth mom alive. It is not so much painful because she was my mom for 50 years. That's a long time, but it's a reminder of the wonderful things she did with her life. I was first saved under her ministry at the age of four. She protected me from the anger of my father. I found out I wasn't that much of a good boy. (laughs) I don't know. It's a surprise to me. I thought I was an angel. And then we read her journals, and everything changed after that. Oh, my goodness. It's changed my whole perspective. She gave up her time with her husband. Because she felt boarding school was distancing her family from her. And so she had to leave the mission field in Indonesia to base herself in Malaysia and rent a house there. And she was away from her husband. Just think about this, husbands and wives, away from your husband for six months at a time. It's a long time to be without your spouse in order to look after children. It was a big, big sacrifice. She comforted me when my father pushed me beyond my boundaries, beyond what I was capable of. And she was the one that always somehow, my mother, um, I, you know, I, I mean this in an honoring way, she was quite well endowed in the front. And she had these, she is not allowed to say anything anyway, so thank you, Mom, bless you. And she would keep everything just tucked away in the straps in her uh, bra. 
Older, you know, the over-the-shoulder boulder holder. And there she is. She's, she's putting money there. She's put candy there. And it was the most amazing thing with my mother. You know, because if you're hungry, all of a sudden, no problem. She's pulling out stuff. Oh, mom, my nose is all dirty. No problem. She's pulling stuff out. Thinking, I didn't what else has she keeping in there? Yet. I didn't censor so, it yet. <laughs> my wife is trying to <laughs> censor me. It was the most amazing, glorious thing. And as a teenager, I'm thinking the same thing, too. It is the most amazing, glorious thing. Praise the Lord. But... I, I am saving the day, thank you. These, but all the women in the front, like, oh, dear God, save this man. They're interceding on my behalf. Lord, protect this, this message in Jesus' name. But while I miss her, I am blessed with a wonderful mother-in-law. Where is she? Where's my mother-in-law? Hello. I, I, I am just blessed because though I don't have one mom, I do have another mom. When we first met, it wasn't the best of circumstances. I saw this cute, chicky babe come to church one Sunday morning, my church. After the week before, I was seeing some of the single guys where I said, Lord, I'm not going to be chasing women anymore. It just ends in disaster. It's just fruitless. My heart is broken. You know, like teenagers, like, my heart is broken. I just can't see it. Get out of this. Fuck God. And so I said, Lord, I'm not going to be chasing anymore. You take care of it. You know, you're my God. You're my king. You're my supplier of all. I'm not going to look anymore. Along comes this cute girl on Sunday morning. And let me tell you, if I, I, sh I should have put a picture up there for you. Maybe another time I will. You'll see what I'm talking about. Every head of the young men in church all turned. I think we could turn 360, 180 with our necks. We would have done that. Every single neck turned around as this girl charged up the front. And I was supposed to be singing worship. <laughs> but it's a one nine heaven, one nine earth. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting distracted. I'm getting distracted. That wasn't actually the story. But anyway, I do, <laughs> I'll honor you in a second. But we wanted to organize our first date. It was the first proper date. I had sort of under the radar organized a date with a group. It was a group date, you know, but I was sort of sidling up to her, you know, doing my thing. But when I had my first formal date, I had to ask permission. And so they, they said I could, and I did like I do. See, Americans do this, and Asians do this. I drove up to her house, and I just wanted to give it a little love tap to let her know I was home. Beep, beep. Come on. Americans and Asians, we do this just to let her know I am here. You don't have to wait for me. I'm on time. I'm right here. And she didn't come out. So I thought, well, obviously she didn't hear me the first time. <laughs> So I can make it real obvious. Eh, eh. And it was that kind of moment eh, eh, because uh, she wasn't coming out. So I'm getting a, a little bit, you know, in my Jesus stroppiness a little bit here. I'm trying to be a man of God. So I stepped out of the car, shut the door, strode up to the front door. Knock, knock, knock. Clearly she didn't hear me. This icy cold voice. <laughs> I rang from inside the house. As I walked in the door, and there was Mema looking at me. We weren't on that friendly terms at that point. First visit, first meeting. Don't you dare ever honk your horn to my daughter again. That was the first and the last time I did that. And I'm pleased to say that our relationship has improved since then. I can call her mom, and I honor you. You raised beautiful girls, and I'm so grateful to you. You've been, a, a, not just uh, because of the woman you've given me, 
but the way that you look after us, I honor you today. And I think that just take a moment right now to honor the, the, your wife, the mother, honor your moms that they're sitting next to you. Just tell them, thank you so much. It's hard to imagine we would not be alive without a mother. Think about it. You would not be alive without your mother. Just in case you think it was that easy. I was there when my mother, when my mother, my wife gave birth to my firstborn child. It was 6 o'clock in the morning. I was on a 4 a.m. shift. When I got the phone call ringing out at Ansett Australia, I was working in operations control, talking to the aircraft engineers and all that around the airport. When all of a sudden there's a phone call, one of the other staff rang out, Paul, your wife, her water has broke. You got to go take off. Leave right now. I said, uh, uh, what, what about, you know, don't worry about the relief. Just, just go. Just go. So I'm, I've got this picture in my head. I, w- I watch these movies with the husbands, you know, they're in the car. They're speeding and breaking every land, speed land record, you know, to get her, in their wife to the hospital, to give birth to the baby. The police are surrounding them, pull them over. I'm having a baby. That's okay, sir. Just go. Just go. I was looking forward to that moment. When I arrived back at, 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 at home, we were staying with, with our in-laws, 6.30 a.m. by the time I arrived. Tanya says, ah, oh, doctor says it's okay. Don't worry about it. Just, just you know, take your time. Oh, I really wanted to rush. We took our sweet time. I think it was around 8 o'clock when we finally left and nonchalantly made our way to the hospital. And then the, the, the kicking started. No, we had to wait outside. It was about 24 hours later. And I, I was thinking, I should have brought my laptop. I should have brought my books with me because she's going in and out of sleep. My mother-in-law was with me at that point in time. And every time I wanted to just close my eyes for a minute, my wife would just lean up. Uh, uh. So I, I had to come. Just, much, you know, just appreciate this lady just for a moment. This is about Mother's Day, but, you know, the, the husbands are there. And I'm just running, honey, are you okay? Let me hold your hand. And, uh, and then, you know, and then she'd fall asleep again. This went for 24 hours. So I wasn't sure the baby's actually going to come when Eden actually came. I wasn't sure until the nurses actually said, no, the baby's actually going to come. you got to be here. And she's squeezing my hand for all worth. So I realized, I think she's in a lot of pain. So if you're wondering, if you're wondering about this, can I just say to you that you were a pain when you were born? Turn to the person next to you and say, you were a pain. Your mother knows you were a pain. So, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I, I just want to honor my wife as well today. She, uh, it's not easy being a pastor's wife. I, I don't think you appreciate it. Okay, it's tough being a pastor. It's doubly so being a pastor's wife. It is probably the loneliest position, the loneliest role you can ever have. Um, no, I won't say this. Loneliest role you could ever have. She's juggled the hat of a pastor. She's juggled the hat of a mother. She's juggled the hat of a wife. She's juggled the hat of a teacher, of a dance mom, of a fashion consultant, of a hair decorator, and the person who makes a house a home. To all our mothers today, before I start this message, I just want to honor you for the sacrifices you make. I hope this message will honor you. And uh, to the husbands out there, we're going to get a lot from this message today. In fact, you know, today we celebrate all the wonderful things moms do to make our world a little bit more special. To all the young people listening, your life 
is made that much more special because of the love of your mother. Let me tell you what it's like for a father. What fathers learn when mothers leave the house, this is what we learn. If you hook a dog leash over a ceiling fan, the motor is not strong enough to rotate a 19-kilo boy wearing Batman underwear and a Superman cape. It is strong enough, however, to spread paint on all four walls of a six-meter by six-meter room. We learned you should not throw baseballs up when the ceiling fan is on. We learned that. We learned that when using the ceiling fan as a bat, you have to throw the ball up a few times before you get a hit. We also found out the glass and windows, even double pane, doesn't stop a baseball bat, uh, ball hit by a ceiling fan. We found out a king-size waterbed holds enough water to fill a 185-meter squared house 10 centimeters deep. We found out Legos will pass through the digestive tract of a four-year-old. We discovered Duplos will not. We discovered the spin cycle on the washing machine does not make earthworms dizzy. It will, however, make cats dizzy. We also discovered cats throw up twice their body weight when dizzy. Appreciate for a moment the wife, the mother role, and that you're still alive today. Without my wife, my kids would be wearing rags. They would be living with me in a bachelor pad. Have you been to a bachelor pad lately? You'll know what I'm talking about. You will not be comforted. You will have to fend for yourself. You will be left alone. And you will live in a house and not a home. I should probably add, you survived childhood because of your mother. Once again, we appreciate mothers. My theme for today and our theme for today is she is. And I want you to fill in the dots. Yesterday, we knew what the theme was. We celebrated Mother's Day because a pastor's wife will never get to celebrate Mother's Day on Mother's Day. We've got stuff to do. And so we did that, and as I went around the table and I asked my kids, can you say, let's say one thing, fill in the blank, she is about your mom, she is, uh, I think instantly it was my son, I think she said, she is beautiful. He kept getting these deep ones, she is love. And we did good ones too, didn't we, Talia? You know, she is trustworthy. Eden as well, she, we did some beautiful things, but take a moment around lunch today as you celebrate with your moms to fill in the blank, she is, and just go around the table and go around and go around, and you begin to realize just how wonderful your mother is. Probably the greatest passage of Scripture where you can find out what the absolute ideal mom is is found in Proverbs 31. I'd like you to turn there with me right now. Proverbs 31. This is not going to be, as you can tell, a standard message is going to be rather short. Praise the Lord. Some of them say, someone like, oh, it's hanging up for some deep. It is sort of deep teaching. Don't worry. It's okay. Proverbs 31. We're going to read all of it, I think. No, no. Verse 10 to verse 31. Proverbs 31, verse 10 to 31. Are you ready for this? So look it up in your smart device. Go If you don't have a Bible on there, go to Google or go to your browser Safari and just type in Proverbs 31, colon, 10-31. It'll pop up. You ready for this? So I want you to think about, to the moms, is this you? I want you to think about, for the rest of you guys, is this my mom? What are the qualities of my mom? You ready for it? Verse 10. A wife of noble character who can find. So I want you to write, she is rare. Now, she's not ninja 
<laughs> a wife of a noble, noble character. Who can find? Sometimes moms are like that. You know, just at that moment when you attempt to do the wrong thing, the thong comes flying out. All the islanders know what I'm talking about, Indonesians. You know, thong comes flying out. They're going to whack you on the head. Like, where did that come from? And my brother in the back knows exactly what I'm talking about. Thank you for that, Logan. She's not a ninja. Well, she is a ninja as well. She is ninja. But I want you to also but now, she is rare. That's what we're really talking about. Who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. She is valuable. Her husband has full confidence in her. She is trustworthy. You don't just develop trustworthiness overnight, just trust comes. Trust is developed because of a track record of faithfulness, a track record of coming through so much so that her husband has full and total confidence in her. Verse 12, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She is beneficial. I use the word, I like to use this word appreciate. And we probably have not quite understood the word appreciate because it's a throwaway word. Somebody gives you a present, you say, oh, thanks so much, I appreciate that. But have you really realized what that word appreciate means? It's a real estate term. You see, when you buy a car, young people, when you buy a car, don't buy a brand new one because cars depreciate. But when you buy a house, buy up. Because a house appreciates. So when you're saying that a thank you for a present being given to you, you're saying, thank you for this gift. I'm going to take it now and add value to it. That's what appreciate means. She brings him good. She appreciates the marriage. Verse 13, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is productive. Let me tell you, want to win your, you want to earn your husband's love and trust? Just be productive in the home. He'll soon learn not to live without you. I remember when we were first married, I loved Tanya's, per you call it a purse, the thing that hangs over your shoulder? Handbag. Her hand, I loved it. I, I tossed my phone in there. I tossed my keys. I tossed my Bible. I tossed everything in there. It was a bit like my mom's over-the-shoulder boulder holder. Like everything came out of there. If I needed anything, it was a new thing. It's like, thank you, Lord. You know, I don't have a mom anymore. I got a wife that looks after me. She's pulling things out of nowhere. I mean, if, if you needed a kitchen sink, I think my wife would have had it in that thing. So she, I put everything in there. I don't know how she withstood the weight of that bag because I had everything in there and her stuff. Amazing. She's productive. But I learned not to live without her. I needed my wife there. If I'm trying to organize timetable, it's like the moment you become married, you get dumb. Don't, like, look, uh, people, don't ask the husband. If you want to make a date to get together, don't ask the husband. Seriously, don't ask me. I'll just say, yeah, it's a great idea. And I said this to Daniel, just, you know, he's going to message me later, won't you? Because, you know, I'm just going to, hey, let's agree on a date. I'll totally forget. But if you tell my wife, she will not forget. I have not just double booked appointments, I have triple booked appointments to the point I finally realized, talk to my wife. She organizes my day for me. I've learned to live, I can't live without her. Now, verse 14, you're going to love this, ladies. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She is shopping queen. How many men love to go grocery shopping? Put your hand down. No man likes to go grocery shopping. I do it so my family don't die. 
I do it so we have toilet paper in the house. My wife's too busy now. I, I take it. I take the response. I hate it. Ladies, somehow you have this fortitude to be able to do it, and you're thinking about all the things that's needed in the house. If I don't have a list, I'll forget. Toilet paper. <laughs> Until you last roll. Honey, bring the napkins up. <laughs> we got a problem here. Verse 15. Too much information. I'm so sorry. Verse 15. She gets up while it's still dark. Ladies, she is an early riser. Let me put it this way. Another way. You don't have to be an early Some of you are like me. You're Asian born, right? We go to bed late. We wake up late. My lady wakes up early. I wake up later. Later, right? She makes sacrifices for the good of her family. You can't have love. You can't be appreciated without sacrifice. Moms sacrifice all the time. I do not know a mom that does not first sacrifice. A good mom. A mom that's appreciated. And I don't think we will ever fully fathom children, all of us are children, the sacrifices your mom made for you. Even in your anger, oh, my mom didn't do this, my mom. Some of you have had terrible, you think you have a terrible childhood. You don't understand what she went through to get you to that point. It was actually a blessing for you. My mother told me about her upbringing because I, I kept asking her, can you tell me, tell me about my granddad? He was a rabbi. Tell me about you know, your, grand, your mom, my grandmother. I don't know anything about them. I've never met them. She never spoke about it. And the only time she told me was that he, they, he used to torture his kids. He'd, he'd burn them to try and teach them a lesson. So her level of love for me probably is not the ideal wife of noble character. But compared to the way she was raised, she gave me a feast of love. I so appreciate my mother knowing where she comes from. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She is caring. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is industrious. If you're wondering what that word is, business savvy. Or she earns income. You know, for our first, uh, when, when Eden came along and then Talia came along, uh, we did our very best, and by the grace of God, we were able to survive on one income. And I was quite underpaid as a pastor back in those early days. They, the, the church board apologized to me later on. But we just trusted the Lord, and I don't know how we did it. But Tanya worked so hard, tirelessly. We ended up getting uh, homestay students, and oh my goodness, the things we put up with there. Dear God, God bless them. Some of them are the most amazing people. We, saw, we brought some of them to the Lord. But others, I think they were, they were daughters of royalty. You know, anyway, it was another story. She was just so gracious. Verse 17, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She is hardworking. How many people got hardworking moms? If, you did not put, if they didn't put their hands up, mom, just smack them right now in the back of the head. You got permission. Verse 18. She sees that her trading is profitable. She is successful. How many women feel successful? Probably none. You undermine yourself, ladies. Moms, 
You undermine yourself. You don't think you're good enough. I'm here to tell you you are. You deserve Mother's Day. We honor you today. And her lamp does not go out at night. She is diligent, never quits. I've seen my wife stay up to the last minute, late, 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 having to wake up early just to make sure things get done. She will not rest. In fact, even when she lays ahead at night, she's still thinking about all the things she needs to do the next day. Verse 20, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. She is compassionate. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. <clears throat> I looked this up, and the commentators say, it's not just that, that they were clothed in scarlet, but it has connotations of the fact that they had double-layer clothing. Double-layer clothing is what they actually meant. But I want to add this one because my wife will appreciate it. She is fashionable. I didn't have time to show you, but we went to a Viking party, which was originally why I grew my beard. And uh, to show you what she did to our costumes was far out. And she's really amazing. Verse 22, she makes coverings for her bed. You should have seen my house and my bed before I was married. Praise the Lord. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. She is decorator. Verse 23, her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes a seat among the elders of the land. She is honorable. Women, when you love your husband the way that the Word of God wants you to love your husband, your husband will actually gain honor because of you. Nothing they deserved, nothing that they earned. Simply because of the way that you love and the way that you look after your family, word gets around. And honor is given to the husband. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. And supplies the merchants with sashes. She is enterprising. I'm amazed when I was growing up how my mom was able to do cook food with nothing. When we were growing up, there wasn't a lot of food in the house. And then guests would come over. And all of a sudden, this feast is prepared. I'm thinking, where did she get that from? All we had was some rice. We had some old tomatoes. We had, you know, some... Ikanbilis, uh, little little fish kind of thing. She cooked up this amazing feast. I could never understand that. A little bit of chicken. Next to we got curry going on. It was the most amazing thing. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She is prepared. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She is wise counselor. Kids, lest you write your mother off because you think her, her, her counsel is invaluable. It's amazing how when you're a child, mom is amazing. Mom is everything. When you're a teenager, you think, what does mom know? But when you become a mom yourself, you're like, wow, I think mom knows something. Learn to ask the counsel of your mom. Verse 27. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Once again, she is diligent. She's not lazy. 
Her children arise and call her blessed. You notice that all these other characteristics have to be carried through. A lazy mom will not be called blessed by our kids. A woman who does not know how to look after family is not going to be respected by the children. I've seen that. I know kids, we don't want to honor a mom. You should, you should just, again, you don't know her history. And probably what you have is better than what she had. Her children rise and call her blessed. She is worthy of honor. Her husband also, and he praises her. Listen to this praise, ladies. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. I want to speak to the single ladies, to the women who've been widowed, to the women who've been divorced, the women who've been separated. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Before you decide to quit being mom, <laughs> because you just read all that, and you compared yourself, consider this a picture of what an ideal woman looks like, according to Solomon's mother, which would have been Bathsheba. So some scholars say, no, this is Lemuel, and Lemuel is not actually Solomon, but others argue it is Solomon, which means the mother who gave this advice was Bathsheba. The question that was raised among the scholars was, why was a wife of noble character written at the end of the book of Proverbs? The answer was this. The author's intent was to close his book of wisdom, having described a lot of foolishness of women by picturing the ideal wife all women should look for and all women should strive after. He is closing with a glorious high point that stirs the reader's heart. If you're wondering about how the Bible portrays women, the Bible portrays women in strong light, glorious, honoring. Women who often used their feeble positions to influence the course of wars and to influence the forming of nations. Let me give you some examples. The woman Elijah had found gathering sticks for one final meal for her and her son. Where was the son? What was the son doing? Why wasn't he collecting sticks? That's the picture of the mother. Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, took out Canaan's mightiest army commander and ended the war with Canaan once and for all. She took, uh, in case you're wondering, you know, new to the Bible, basically this commander sought refuge. He was hiding. The war was starting to turn, but he was still the commander. As long as he was al alive, he would raise up another army. This woman, who supposed her nation was supposed to be in treaty with them, she takes a tent peg up and takes a hammer and smashes it through his skull while he's asleep. Women. <laughs> Husbands, just be careful what you say to your wife before you fall asleep. Just saying. Jesus used the illustration of a woman, not a man, who cried out to the judge repeatedly for justice, an unjust judge. How many of you are saved today because of a praying woman in your life, a praying mother? I know that I'm saved because of my mother prayed for me. I'm a pastor today because my mother prayed for me 
if you read the journal she wrote about me, you would know. <laughs> she prayed for me to be here. Rebecca heard her husband's dying wish and turned the future outcome of a nation. Without Rebecca's interference in rescuing Jacob, saying, go on, your brother Esau's gone out to kill game to bring food to get the blessing from your dad. I'm going to help you do this. I'm going to, but mom, what if, you know, what if a curse comes? I will wear the curse. Now you go do that. She took a lot on her shoulders, but Israel would not be in existence today if it was not for Rebecca. Rahab, a prostitute from a Gentile nation, was so convinced by the foreign god that he was so powerful, the foreign god of her enemies, that she entertained Israelite spies and ended up saving her and her entire family and becoming an ancestor of King David. Esther, another Gentile, a Moabite, cared sacrificially for her Jewish mother-in-law. She had no ties at all with this woman. She could have stayed in her land. Instead, she says, no, I will never leave you or forsake you. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. And by, by caring for her, she eventually became King David's great-grandmother. King David would never have been born had she not done that. Mary, who suffered the shame of being an adulteress so that she could bear Jesus. Without Mary, who was willing to suffer indignity, shame, and possibly death, we would not have had a Savior. Your mothers have equally sacrificed much to make your life richer. It isn't dads who clean up the dog poo. We're the spider killers. It isn't dads whom children run to when they are sad. Your mothers probably did most of the cooking, cleaning, and childcare using whatever resources were at their disposal to make your meals and your bed to turn a house into a home. While our immediate interpretation of Proverbs 31 is a literal woman, it is also a picture of Israel or even the body of Christ today. Picture this. Israel is often described as an unfaithful wife and a prostitute running after other gods or a foolish woman earlier in Proverbs. In this passage, God lays down what an ideal wife looks like. That's why I gave it to you painstakingly, so that you realize, men, that wasn't just for women. That was for us too. You were supposed to be industrious. You were supposed to be enterprising. The body of Christ should be thriving and succeeding and providing and caring and nurturing and protecting. The result will be that she, us, will be praised among the nations, that her husband, God, will be respected and honored by them, that her children, people grafted in the Gentiles, will call her blessed. As, as the bride of Christ, I want you to ask yourself these same questions. Do you add value to your relationship with Jesus? Are you trustworthy? These are the qualities of the, of the noble wife. Are you beneficial to the relationship? Do you appreciate it? Are you productive in this relationship? Do you make sacrifices for the good of the family? Are you caring, hardworking, and diligent? I want to give you five tips right now to look after your mom, and then we're going to close this message. Things I've learned from my mom. Number one, call her often. As you get older and you've left your mom, and you've made your own home, you got your wife, it's very easy to forget mom. I literally had to set a reminder on my phone to call my mom because I could not remember. And I'm talking a year, 
or at least multiple months would go by before I spoke to her, and I don't realize how lonely she was. It was very sad after she, uh, getting this reminder, call your mom after she'd passed away because I forgot to delete the alarm. Number two, hold short accounts. The second commandment, in other words, the next most important in the order of appearance is to honor your father and your mother. Sometimes, for the sake of relationship, we need to be wrong. Even if she is, we need to be wrong. What point are you trying to prove to be right? Why is it so important to you to be right that you would sacrifice your relationship? Number three, love her unconditionally. Love her while she's young. Love her when she's old and isn't the same as she was before. She's slower now. She takes, if finds it difficult getting into the car. Love her. Number three, raise your children to honor her. Number four, become the kind of father or mother that you want your children to be. Number five, protect your mother. Provide for her. Defend her. Fix her problems. I want to close with a story, and I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet for this one. This is a true story uh, that was published in a magazine in March 1958 called Miracles at Sea, a true story. Our story begins in 1829. Just close your eyes. I want you to picture the story. Our story begins in 1829 on an October morning when a schooner, the Mermaid, set sail from Sydney for Collier Bay. Captain Samuel Nolbrow was a skipper, and the ship carried a crew of 18 and three passengers. Four days later, the boat struck coral reef and sunk. The swift shore rescued them three days later while they were out at sea, until it also sunk five days following. That's two boats now. The same day that one sunk, the governor ready rescued them until it caught fire three days later and sunk. <laughs> three ships. But the comet came along, blown off course by a storm and reluctantly rescued by the survivors. Believing the crew and the passengers of the mermaid were jinxed, they didn't want them on board, but they had to take them. And sure enough, five days later, a violent storm sunk the comet. <laughs> 18 hours later, the Jupiter, the fifth ship, rescued them until it hit a reef and sunk two days later. True story. But that same day, they were rescued by a passenger ship, city of Leeds. On it was an elderly English woman who was critically ill. She had earlier told passengers she was going to Australia in hopes of finding her son who had run away 15 years before and joined the Navy. The doctor decided to ease her dying moments by getting a sailor to pretend he was her son. He looked around for a young man the approximate age and description of Peter Richley and chose one of the crew of the, the mermaid, the first ship that sunk. The seaman agreed to help the doctor. And as they walked to her cabin, the doctor said, now this is how we will do it. The woman's name is Sarah Richley. She's been praying. She's been delirious. She's been praying that her son would be returned. She's from Yorkshire. Her name is Sarah Richley. And at that moment, the man began to weep. Because his name was Peter Richley. 
And she had prayed that God would keep her alive to see her son. And six boats had to be sunk in order for her to find her son. Understand the prayer, the power of a praying woman. Father, this morning, as we have gathered around your throne room, we just want to thank you, Lord, for the kindness you've shown us by giving us the moms that we have. Thank you, Lord God, for the moms that will be. And Father, we also thank you for the word that you've shown us, the qualities of a noble woman which every Christian should follow. Father, this morning I pray for those who are struggling in their relationship with mom. It may be a broken relationship for others who've never met their birth mom. Father, I just pray for, uh, that you would heal their heart. For some, I pray for a restoration of relationship. For others, I just pray for comfort. I pray for a sense of belonging and a sense of understanding who they really are is found in you. I pray for the grieving moms right now who have lost children. Either they've lost them in life or they've, they've walked away from them in relationship and they feel broken, they feel rejected, they feel lonely. This morning, Father, I pray for your comfort to come. I pray today, Lord God, will not be a day of sadness for some, but today will be a day where we celebrate the good things of relationship, the good things that a mother brings. Father, I bless every home. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Thank you for joining Life City Church, and we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at lifecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at lifecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Life City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to lifecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.